It's actually a while since I preached. And I'm um, thanking Paul for giving me such a, a wonderful text and passage uh, to share. Because traditionally, I always preached on this Sunday. Um, and I was always given the same passage, uh, Simeon and Anna. And I couldn't possibly get more than four sermons out of Simeon and Anna. So I'm really pleased to have um, this on prayer. So let's just pray before I begin. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've gathered us here to, to listen to your word. Father, we pray that the words that you speak through, through these words, that you'll lay them on our hearts, that you'll bless us and challenge us afresh. Father, be to me all that I need right now. Amen. So today we begin a two-part series on prayer. And today's theme, as you've heard from the reading, is private, personal prayer. So a question for you to consider. Your private prayer life, how is it? Does prayer make your life Soar or sink. My prayer for all of us that our lives will, will our prayer life will not be a task to be completed, but we'll experience it as Moses did. In Exodus we read, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So that's my prayer for all of us. And today's reading is um, from a collection of Jesus' teaching and sayings known as the Sermon on the Mount. And it follows basic teaching on prayer. As we read, prayer isn't about showing off, but about developing a secret inner relationship with God. Not about being able to string words together, but a sincere and simplicity in our prayers. Jesus effectively said in these verses, and he lays down two great rules for prayer. And the first is, all true prayer must be offered to God and not man. A person should have no thought in their minds and no desire in their hearts other than God. We must always remember that the God to whom we are praying is a God of love and is more ready to answer then we are ready to pray. Remember, he knows what we need before we even ask. His gifts and grace have not to be extracted from him. We do not come to a God who has to be coaxed or pestered or battered into answering our prayers. We come to one whose wish is to give. When we remember that, it is surely sufficient to go to God with a sigh of desire in our hearts and on our lips the words, Thy will be done. But we live in a jet-propelled, noisy and restless age. Ours is a generation marked by uncertainty and fraught with fear. Personal, national, international tensions have taken their toll. We have lost our moorings and attempt to cover our anxiety and frustration under a blanket of sound and motion. 
plainly, this is not an age of meditative man. Modern man is wired for sound. International tension. But our problem isn't new. 27 centuries ago, Isaiah proclaimed to a restless people, in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. And to a troubled land, the psalmist declared, be still, be still and know that I am God. Christ speaking to his exhausted disciples said, come away by yourselves to a lonely place and rest a while. And on the night of his betrayal, he commanded them, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So in times of silence and solitude, we find space. And that space is so important. Space to reflect God's incredible gifts. Space within us where we can escape. With solitude, we leave all behind to become one with God. I found uh, last year it was difficult to weigh up the difference between loneliness and solitude. And thank God I found solitude. I have a space. I have a space in my dining room. After breakfast, I sit in a chair that overlooks the window and the garden. And it's a lovely space to spend time with the Lord. That's my time and my space. To read scripture, to talk to him, to praise and give thanks to him. And time, most importantly, to listen and reflect. But I do find my mind can wander. I don't know about yours. I need to bring it back often. Engage my senses into a more reflective prayer time. Just pause at that point and be still. Breathing slowly can help us recenter our senses on the power of God and on creation. Scripture tells us so many times to wait for the Lord. Listen in quiet contemplation. When was the last time your soul was quiet? When was the last time? Still my restless body and wait for God to speak. Taking time for silence and solitude is a consistent piece of Jesus' ministry. We also found in the Old Testament, Elijah found God spoke in a whisper. If God is not found in the spectacles, but in the quiet, then surely that's good enough reason to spend time with him in silence. John 10, Jesus offers us the invitation to come and rest in him. Such times will contribute to our overall Christian walk. We too can discover such blessings when we slow down long enough to hear from God and experience him in the present moment. The importance of private prayer cannot be overestimated. We are busy people living in a hurried age and find ourselves in countless pursuits which sap our strength, our time, and our energy. 
In activism, we neglect our prayer life only to find ourselves lacking, so lacking. So how do we practice private prayer? In our reading, Jesus said, but you, when you pray, enter into your private room, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will repay you. These words aren't hard to understand, but we may find them much harder to put into practice. When our time is eaten up and our minds preoccupied, it's impossible to have adequate prayer, private prayer time of undisturbed fellowship with the Lord. And yet the word is clear. Enter into your private room, shut the door and pray. In the Gospels, we see numerous occasions when Jesus left the crowds and went away to be alone to pray. In Matthew, we read, and after he sent the crowds away, he went up to the mountain privately to pray. And when night fell, he was there alone. In Mark, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still night, Jesus went out and went away to a deserted place. And there, he prayed. In Luke, he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Throughout his life on earth, Jesus seized the opportunity to be alone with the Father, praying in secret. What a pattern that is for us, the pattern to follow Jesus' example. The Lord left the bustling crowds, the pressing needs surrounding him, and even his disciples to pray in private. But how can we maintain a private prayer life in the age of such distractions? To foster a time of private prayer, we first need to recognize the distractions that can pose to our spiritual lives. Once we recognize these and see our need, we can ask the Lord to help us. Take it to the Lord when you can't find or distinguish where to find your prayer time. Life's responsibilities are busy enough, aren't they? But if we're aware of our dangers to the spiritual life from present day distractions, we'll be on the alert and pay attention to how we spend our time. We need to realize that having a living life, hidden life with Jesus is essential. It's essential if we want to have a meaningful Christian life. Getting away from life's hustle and bustle to spend time with the Lord isn't optional. It's not optional. We're told to do it. Our spiritual lives depend on it. Without it, our spiritual lives will eventually dry up. In our prayer times, we can enjoy the Lord's nearness. We can confess our sins to him, be spiritually nourished in his word, and fellowship intimately with him about anything on our hearts. A time of solitude allows us to take an inward journey to a place where our souls are in tune with God. Such precious time. So some points to practice private prayer. Perhaps like me, when I was working, I was waiting for that someday, that elusive someday, when our lives would be less busy and more peaceful 
And we think then, then we're going to be able to go and spend time alone with the Lord. But I didn't get any less busy. I took more on. So I was just as busy. But realistically speaking, that someday will never come. Busyness and distractions won't decrease. So we have to be deliberate and definite about our private time with the Lord, starting now. We should choose a time of day when we can turn away from everything and spend time with the Lord. The best time for this is early in the morning. That's when I have my time, before the busy day begins. But we can also use our lunch break or pick a quiet time in the evening before we go to sleep. And once we set this time for private prayer, we should do our best not to miss it. We should find that private room. We may not have access to a deserted place or a mountain, but we can find a place away from people and things that distract us from prayer. Our private room could be our car, a room where we can be alone, our garden, or a space within us without interruptions, anywhere where we can pray undisturbed. And that silence, I've found that I haven't always turned my phone off, and in the middle of prayer time, it'll go off, or the, I'll know I've got an email. And there's almost a temptation to go and answer, but we need to, we should silence, I've, I've learned, to silence our phones and devices so we can focus solely on him. This allows us to listen to him. So important to listen when we pray. Talk with him and gaze at him undisturbed. That's beautiful when you can do that. Just gaze on the Lord. Pray with the Bible. I find praying with the Bible helpful. By praying with his word, we can speak to the Lord and the Lord speaks to us. We'll enjoy the Lord's presence as we fellowship with him in prayer and the word. All of us need rhythm in our lives. And we need a rhythm that fits both our personality and our life circumstances. These are subject to regular change. And all our rhythms are flexible to suit the demands of life. This life of scripture and prayer demands an act of human will. It's easy to assume that Sunday worship and the word is sufficient to sustain our daily life. It's not. All relationships demand personal attention. Establishing periods for prayer and scripture only happen through determined effort. God's word itself is a prayer and we can take it and offer it back to God in a continuous request that its fruit might flourish in our lives. Can we establish such a rhythm to nourish our faith? Can we do that? Jesus, again, is our example, no more especially than on the Wednesday of Holy Week. Jesus was alone to gather strength for the crucifixion. On this day, Jesus set an example which we need to practice, being alone with God. Lowe Riley put this effectively in her poem, Retreat. 
It's called take time apart. Take time apart, the master did. When wearied from the crowds and tired of talk, he sought the quiet hills and God. On rising ere the day had quite begun, would greet the sun on his knees. It was in these, his quiet times of prayer, he gathered strength to meet the day's demands. And it was there he wisdom found to meet his need. In prayer he came to know his Father's will. Oh, may we heed this high example still and let our spirits feed upon this bread whereof the world knows not. Take time apart, the Master did. When we have times of private prayer, when we can sit with the Lord and gaze on him, we too will know the Lord's will for us as he speaks to us, either through his word or into our minds. So today, let's go to God in prayer. Let's talk to him about how we think, how we feel, our hopes, our dreams. And let's also listen and feel and see what God wants to communicate to us because he does. The more we practice, the more we'll be able to tune into his spirit and deepen our relationship with him. May the Lord help us to find our daily rhythm of reading scripture and prayer. Amen.